Well, it's a pleasure to be here, also to be part of the sponsors of this uh, great conference. I'm going to talk about how can we quantify our environmental performance from the source all the way through the site. And so four years ago, I was the CEO of a company called Heliofocus. We were building the world's largest solar concentrator. And as you can see, such solar concentrator contains a lot of steel and concrete. This is our project in Inner Mongolia, China. And in China, this steel and concrete actually comes from coal. So I found myself in a very strange position. I was using coal to produce green energy. So I started to ask people, how can these things live together? Started to talk to my investors, customers, employees. Everybody told me that it's a very important question, but they don't know the answer. So since I spent the first half of my career as a physicist, I've done a life cycle assessment, and I got a, an answer in megajoules. I looked at the megajoules, and they didn't mean anything to me. I didn't know whether I'm better than my competitors and how I compare to you know, using, daylight, uh, using artificial lighting in the middle of the day. So I lived, lived my job, stepped down as CEO, uh, remained on the board, and decided to focus on this question of quantifying our environmental performance in a way which is both accurate and simple to understand. Spent the first year at uh, MIT looking at this uh, problem, and then after a year I founded Energy Points with my partner, uh, Roy Stein. And the first thing that we looked at is what is, the, what is the state of the art today? How does people think today about their environmental performance? And I'll make a bold statement. This is sustainable brands. I think that the state of the art is very poor. If you look on this integrated report, this is Intel's attempt, one of the leading companies, to integrate environmental and financial performance. So the financial performance is very easy to understand. We have one metric, dollars. If we do business in multiple currencies, we have a currency converter. And it's every executive is trained to understand financial balance sheet. Now, the environmental performance has seven met metrics. There's no conversion between them. There's no way to optimize them. And actually, I will claim that these met metrics are not meaningful. The reason I claim this is because all we look at is what's within the four walls of our facility, only the uh, demand side. We think inside the box, because kilowatt hours, gallons of water, it's all inside the facility. So while brands devote huge amount of effort to think about the supply chain, they have zero visibility to the energy and resources supply chain. So the, the state of the art is complex and really incomplete. So if you ask yourself, why does the world's most sophisticated organizations think about environmental performance in such an incomplete and um, a fragmented way, the reason is the complexity. It's extremely complex. If you think about the electricity infrastructure, the water, the um, transportation, natural gas, waste, material, and so on, this is probably the most complex system humanity ever built. And, it's ver and, and, and organizations optimize what they can measure. And what they can measure is what enters the facility, so they end up with zero visibility to the energy supply chain. So then we stopped, and we asked ourselves, how did other industries evolved from fragmented, incomplete, difficult to understand information into simplicity and accuracy. And the easiest example is navigation. 20 years ago, if you wanted to navigate, you probably would stop at a gas station, buy a map, and try to draw uh, the directions. Then a company called Nav uh, Navtech painstakingly uh, digitized mapping, uh, the maps in the US, sold to Nokia for $8 billion, talking about creating value and, and a trillion dollar market. And enabled companies like MapQuest give us directions that we can print out. Then GPS came along and helped us to do co uh, correction and recalculation. And Waze, that was recently uh, sold to uh, Google for more than a billion dollars, 
uh, optimized navigation in the way that today navigation became time management. You step into your car, you, uh, uh, print, uh, you type in the directions, and, and the car will calculate uh, how to bypass traffic jam and so on. So the market moved from data aggregation to simplicity and accuracy. Many markets move the same way. Think about LinkedIn that we use every day. We had a fragmented Rolo deck, and now we have a digitized, relatively accurate uh, way to integrate all this data, and it's a $34 billion uh, uh, company. So where are we in environmental performance? I think that in one, on the one hand, we didn't even start, because with seven metrics on one report that doesn't uh, um, um, talk to each other, so to speak, we didn't even start the process of optimization. On the other hand, we have beautiful dashboards and a lot of visualization tools, so we some, uh, probably somewhere in the middle. So we're here in Energy Points because we think that we're watching the birth of a huge industry, an industry that will allow us to calculate our environmental performance with simplicity and accuracy. And the question that we then asked is what if? What if we can really do it, really calculate our environmental performance from the source all the way through the site in a way which is simple and, and uh, accurate? So what we've done in the last four years, we developed a, an integrated metric for environmental performance from the source to the site, a metric that combines natural gas, waste, electricity, water, really complex uh, things. So basically our groups are applied mathematicians and physicists. We built a huge database that allows us to capture what happens locally, what comes from coal, what comes from natural gas, what comes from solar, what comes from wind, where is water scarcity, what gas pipe we use, and so on. And then we embedded carbon implicitly into the system by asking what, how much energy you need to invest to mitigate for carbon emissions. So it's all only an energy unit. And energy is the common denominator. It can be very simple. Although if you think about it, uh, even the units of energy are complex. If I'm going to do a board presentation in BTUs, the board will laugh. Uh, calories is uh, kilowatt hours, uh, megajoules are really uh, um, uh, confusing units. So we picked up the most intuitive energy unit in the US, which is a gallon of gas. If you think about it, in the US, the system is built to create intuition for a gallon of gas about two hours a year. Two full hours, we stand in front of a pump, fueling our cars, having nothing better to do, just see how much it costs. Whenever we, whenever we drive, the, the world is trying to teach us how much a gallon of gas costs, and, and it's a physical experience. So we said, let's do the math behind the scene to convert everything to a gallon of gas, and then we can normalize all resources as a gallon of gas. So if the CFO gets a, a report in energy points, he says, okay, I, have, I know some, how much it costs more or less because I know how much a gallon of gas costs, although what we quantify is energy, not, uh, not directly uh, uh, money. So... How can we quantify? Ah, sorry, yes. Um, so when you start to talk about really big amounts of gallons of gas, do you feel like people start to lose perception? Just like dollars, a billion dollars, you use per, per, perception of, uh, from, a ten do, from $10. It's, it's, it's a unit. So, and basically, an energy point is like the fraction of a barrel of oil equivalent related to a gallon of gas. This allows us to count at the source, but give you an, inter, an intuitive metric. Now, so how, how can you quantify electricity, for example, as gallons of gas to make it very simple and one common denominator, apples to apples? Think about electricity generation assets like your cars. So you can rate them from a Hummer with very low MPG, this is the MPG of coal, to a Prius, which is a kind of solar and wind, really high MPG. You rate them by efficiency. This is a summary of about 2,000 different uh, power plants. So in coal, I get about... 8 kilowatt hours per an energy point, like the MPG of coal. How many miles can I drive per gallon? How many kilowatt hours do I get from a coal-fired power plant? Then we overlay this uh, concept 
on the entire uh, grid worldwide. So we have like 1.8 billion conversion factors. If, they, uh, if, if when, when we think about carbon and carbon regulation, there's, uh, let's say, a few hundred conversion factors, we have 1.8 billion, and, uh, which allows us to know what's the MPG behind every plug. Every, and every, every faucet. Really accurate, but we maintain the simplicity. Now, water became, is a much more uh, a complex uh, uh, problem. So to solve water, what we've done, and by the way, I come from Israel, and in Israel, uh, water appears on the news just like college football in the U.S. So you really grow up aware of the water issue. So, so uh, water, um, you need to ask three questions. How much energy a local utility actually consumes? How much energy it should consume in order to ensure sustainability, because the same water pump in Phoenix and in Boston will have totally different environmental impact. And then the source of this energy. So you can see here, for, oops, sorry. You can see here, for example, that uh, water in uh, uh, Boston is about one energy point, one gallon of gas for 1,000 uh, gallons of water. In Phoenix, it's about three times more. So everything is local. You need to do these, these, you need to do these calculations locally, but then provide the information uh, accurately and simply, and simply. And the way we uh, provide this information is by basically building a calculation engine. So the calculation engine takes into account the consumption data, what you collected, the organization already collected within the four box, within the four walls of the facility, inside the box. We upload this information on our calculation engine, correlate it with our massive database, and provide energy points, uh, really the source to site energy impact. This can be provided in two ways, either through our own portal that optimizes the CAPEX, the OPEX, and energy and environmental performance. Or if you have a portal, we can just give you the calculation engine and you can do it be behind your firewall or behind the scene. We've launched this product about a year ago. Now the market picks up uh, beautifully. We're really happy on, uh, about the way that it picks up. And I think that fundamentally it picks up because of the, because of the business benefits, because of the value proposition. Essentially, when you normalize everything to one common denominator, you can address your environmental performance just like a financial balance sheet. And this simplicity has huge value. You can rate different companies. You can benchmark where you stand. You can, um, you can benchmark different parts of your portfolio uh, and, and so on. And this is a real customer example that they wanted to do an optimization of an extremely complex system where they have paint shops and building retrofits and lighting retrofits and weekend holidays and so on. And we can quantify the environmental performance of all these initiatives on an apples-to-apples -apples basis just by uploading it to our calculation engine. So since my time is behind up, yeah? So that's a great question, but it impacts pricing. It doesn't impact env uh, uh, environmental performance. So the Jevons paradox is the trade-off between uh, efficiency and consumption. So we, don't, we actually don't, uh, don't factor in behavior. All we do is really simple. We ask how much energy you uh, consume in every activity. Then, just like you do with the financials, you can do the environmental performance. So uh, I have a surprise for you. Uh, so if you look at wood and biomass, it's actually, uh, you see that the efficiency is not that high. And the reason is, this is a summary of, of a huge database, and we can discuss about it offline. So, 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 what we, so when you calculate, for example, biofuels, you need to calculate how much energy is invested in collecting the feedstock. 
and on all, all this that is, that is uh, proportional to the land area. And that turns out to reduce the efficiency. And we factor in carbon with the best publications that we can find because there's, you know, there's uh, a lot of effects like um, uh, albedo effect and so on. So we can discuss it uh, offline. So if you have the billions of people, aren't uh, more than a billion people using wood in biomass or maybe two billion people globally? So what we provide is basically the environmental performance, and then you, the regulator or the decision maker, can say, okay, you know, if, if wood and biomass is not renewable, it's not an adjective, it's actually have a pretty finite efficiency. Even solar, you know, it has but a if finite... if you mapped global population to the who uses that? So that then the impact, which is basically like dividing the amount of kilowatt hours that they consume by this factor, which gives you the EP, mm -hmm. the impact of wood and bio biomass will be huge, mm -hmm. just like the impact of kerosene, for example, in India. Mm -hmm. um, so um, to wrap it up, uh, so I hope I first I know that I convinced you that it's a complex system, but I hope that I convinced you that we have a very simple uh, solution for it. And I, th I hope that next time that you think about your environmental performance, you'll think about the source all the way to the site. And it shouldn't be more complex than navigating with the GPS. Thank you very much.